if you can adopt this principle and say like, I will pray and believe the best for the people that hurt me the most, something happens on the inside of you, bro. And, and not only is it going to happen on the inside, but hopefully they begin to walk in some of the prayers that you're praying over their life. What's up, fam? We got the boys in the house, plus Lovey. We got Teddy and my dog, Caden. What up, dude? Hey, we got, I like how you said the boys plus Lovey. Yeah. Wait, 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 <laughs> hey, we love you gender. anyway, yeah. You know, she chose her new gender. I should have brought Bronx, dude. I know, I know. Dang. You're the single guy, though, walking around with a golden doodle. I don't think we need to rub it in anymore. Yeah, in it's, true, it's, true, okay? it's true, it's true, it's true, it's true. It's like, it's like a, he's my wingman, dude. Bronx is? Yeah, he's just... Do you take him to the dog park? I or? do. I do actually. Not in any intention to like meet a woman, but yes. like he does. He needs to run around. He's a crazy. Look at this guy. He's a crazy little guy. He so loves. fun fact: we're gonna be talking about your top three dating tips at the end. But top three. Would a spoiler be get a dog? Like get a really really cute dog. I feel like that's um that's the prerequisite to like good dating. Is you have to have dog? like a good catch. You know, like, like you're gonna bait the hook. Yes. A golden doodle will do it great. Dude, I will say, I inherited Lovey, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was a married man. But you had this guy. And I had Teddy. Yes. Um, before Kate, and I love you, Kate, and she knows this. Yeah, I would walk him around, <laughs> and I felt like having a cute dog, any dog really, but having a dog yeah. was the best icebreaker ever. Oh, dude, like even just if, if you just can like bring him up in conversation. Well, yeah, yeah my two-year-old golden doodle is, you have a golden doodle? Yes. Oh yeah, it's it's such easy conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah and no, then it go, and then it goes from there. Absolutely. But I felt like walking down the street, you pet the dog for like five ten seconds, and then you sparking up a conversation with that girl was not awkward. Yeah. Or oh, weird. Is that, so where are you from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it yeah, was yeah. like it was like your friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You pet my dog, and we're. Friends. I'm telling you, dude, he's a wingman. No, Bronx. Is. Bronx, the wingman. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. Okay, so today. Uh, we're going to be talking about a little bit of your story, which I've never heard before. Yeah. I've gotten spark notes. You have gotten the spark note version. Yes. And how um, how old are you today? 25. Okay. Yeah. You get told that you look older or younger than your age? I get told that I look my age, but act older. Oh, people tell you that you're mature for your age. Yeah. So people go like, how old are you? And I go, 25. Like, oh, whoa, you're only 25. And then they take a look and they go, I guess you look 25. I guess that works. Yeah. And the tattoos... Tattoos make you just more of a man. Is the sleeve completed? Um, or are you going to fill in the gaps? No, I have like some spots to fill in. Like I got to fill in like some stuff here. I want to fill in some stuff here. And I also have my whole shoulder. I don't know if you can see it, but my whole shoulder is not done. Okay. I'm saving it for my future wife. Is there... Okay, let me guess. What's the hot What's the hot button ones? Do you have Hebrew? I don't have any Hebrew. Do you have a seraphim? I do. You looked though. <laughs> no, you I saw it first. You <laughs> no, saw it first no. though. You looked before okay. you asked. And do you have like two bands? I don't have two bands. Okay. That one was, um, I was, uh, that's a little bit older than me. Okay. That one is like, I, I got away with, like, out of that one by the skin of my teeth. Okay, you were close. Yeah, it was close to the two you bands. You flirted with it? Yeah, we flirted with two bands okay. for sure. Well, on the tattoos, last question. Is there one that you maybe kind of regret or you might kind of redo or I don't have any regrets, dude. I really, I really like my tattoos. Um, I'm really excited to get more. I have a tattoo in my mouth. Where? 
right here. You got the lip. I got the lip. What'd you get? Which was my first tattoo ever. It's the worst tattoo ever. Why? You can't tell what it is. It's supposed to be a mountain, a tree, and a wave. Can I see it again? Um, it just looks like scribbles. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> okay. It's so bad. Um, but I was 18 years old and I really wanted to get a tattoo. Did and, it hurt? Um, it, this is the most painful tattoo I have. And I have my whole arm done. The lip one? Yeah. And, Did uh, you cry? I didn't cry. I was just nervous the guy was going to cut my lip off. Dude, he's pressing so hard. Did it literally feel like and, a knife? Yeah, and I was nervous because I, my lip was like flipped over onto my chin. I was nervous he was going to like poke through my lip and tattoo my chin on accident. Uh, that, well, it would have looked like facial hair. Yeah, which I could use some help with. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, you're a little patchy. That's okay, little, but it's we're a little cool, sparse. It's the cool patchy. It is the cool patchy. It's yeah, like yeah. the like, I was, I was talking to my buddy that day. I'm like, should I be shaving? He's like, I don't know. It's a kind of a vibe. No, I like it. I'm like, all right, I'll keep it. It's like the five o'clock uh, Hollywood. Aren't the Grammys on tonight? You know, Are they on tonight? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It out. But hey, so I have background on you and I can flex for you. Mm hmm. Or you can just do 10, 20 seconds and flex on yourself. I don't know, bro. I mean, this is a fun episode because we're friends. Yes. So we could, you can flex on me if you want, or I can just kind of talk about whatever you want to do. It's your okay. Caden, D2 tennis athlete. Yeah. Not D1. <laughs> so, sometimes you're like, you're like I no, thought you were supposed to flex for me. Yeah, dude, what was that? I was like, just twist the knife. That was a, a diss. No, no, I, I played D3. We know, and I was going to bring it up. <laughs> okay, yeah. no, I'm gonna one, hey, let me just, one of us paid for school. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to beat you to the punch. Okay. I didn't pay either. Okay, good. But good. that was just because my parents were broke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Different I got so yeah. <laughs> They hooked it up big time. Totally, totally. Okay. So, no, so uh, now you have been in Southern California for how long now? Your my, whole life? My whole life. Dude. Okay, yeah. so 25 years old. Here. Biggest thing for you, you run questions with Caden. You started that before you started Yona? Correct. Okay, yeah. so that fed into Yona. It did. And Yona, for those who have not heard about it or seen on Instagram, is... Let me explain it. Yeah. So Yona is a unity and evangelism movement. So we take um, this event called Yona Nights to Cities. Um, right now it's in Southern California, but we'll be going um, Northern California later this year. And the next year we go to some other states. But we take these events to cities to unite the church and give people an opportunity to come to Jesus. So they're evangelism events. And um, the heart for me really is that we're able to encounter people in a way that um, that maybe the church at this moment isn't able to. And we yes. can reach people. Um, that are on the fringes and meet, reach people that maybe won't go to a church because they have hurt or they believe some sort of lie about the church or trauma or whatever it may be. Right. Um, our heart is that we can provide this event that um, they can come to and meet Jesus. So it's like, hey, if church is too intimidating to bring your friend to, yeah, try Yona instead. Totally. It's it, yeah. That's why we don't meet in a church. Um, we're, we try and make it as little, as least churchy as possible. We're not reinventing the wheel by any means, right? but we're trying to make it feel accessible for people from all places, stages, backgrounds to come in the, in, into a place and maybe bring their walls down a bit and they can encounter the presence of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, I got to go, you know, a couple of weeks ago and yeah, bro. it was just, it was so encouraging. I think to see any kind of venue where it's, I don't care what church you go to. I don't care what flair, right, or denomination yeah. you are. Yeah. We're going to worship Jesus. Totally. We're going to talk about Jesus. Yep. And then we're going to invite the people in here who don't know Jesus to know him. Yeah, dude. And what, 30 people gave their lives? At 50. 50. We had 50 people give amen. their lives to Jesus. Amen, amen. So I love it. So so impressed. I mean, what's fun to think about is just years and years in the future, what it might look like. Yeah, it is It's so exciting. You guys just came out with your first single. We did. Dude, I'm not going to lie. You know, you want to support your friends. When they do stuff, yeah. Um, 
regardless of the quality. Totally. And turning it come out, I'm like, you know, I'm going to support it and say it's awesome regardless. It is actually awesome. <laughs> Thank you, bro. And after I heard it that first night, the, literally the next week, I was just, I was like working. I was like, turn in it. Come on. He's turning hey, it. He's go. turning it all. And then it's like, the, even the intro is like, there's a fresh fire. Come on, sing it, JJ. Yeah. So I was like, it's actually very, very good. Thank you, bro. We're really excited. We're yeah. the, the music side for us is like, we really believe music is that thing that can go places that we never really could maybe and it can reach people maybe we never were able to and encourage people you know a yona night is once every couple months um for a few hours but people can listen to yona music every day all day long yeah and believe the promises that we're singing in those songs and so we just released our first single we've got a bunch more music bro we have like yeah we have so can much music can you sing in. Cause I didn't see you coming out during worship and like kind of singing over. Yeah, I can sing for sure. I you just, can? yeah, I just not, I'm not going to lead worship. Oh yeah. But I write, like I wrote Turning It. Oh, you with, did? I co-wrote that with Jacob. Okay. And then every song we've written, we have an EP coming out later this year and then we are, have a full album. Are you going to sing? Right now? No, no, on the, uh, on any of these tracks. No, I won't sing, dude. I'm like good enough to like write a song and like give you but you heard jacob like his voice is just another level it is so like for me it's i'm not a worship leader it's not my calling it's not what i am but i can write songs i can play guitar and write music and then i can give it to the people that are called to sing it how, can i ask how old is jacob he's 41 okay because he's yeah. got the face of like a 28 year old yeah and the hair of like a 49 year old absolutely he went gray at like 30 okay he's been a silver fox since for so dude, long he's got this if my hair looks like that at 41 oh, dude i'd be pumped at 41 i hope i still have hair you yeah. know what I mean? Dude, if it's you, like, you, is your hair staying? We're good. Straight? We're good. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're good. We're good. That was just a joke. We're good. Because yeah. I know a lot of 20 year olds, something happens, I think, at like 23. Yeah. And then it starts going downhill for these yeah. guys. But mine's good. You have a good head of hair. But my brother, all three of my brothers are losing their hair. Your favor ain't fair. I literally felt like Joseph in the coat of many colors. <laughs> Dude, don't come for your brothers right now. <laughs> this pod is crazy. <laughs> they don't listen anyway. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, again, Joseph, coat of many colors. <laughs> exactly. All right. So, this whole entire season, we kind of been talking, you know, with various guys. You're yeah. the youngest guy we've had. Wow. And then we've had guys in their 40s and 50s talk about, you know, what it looks like to go from that. I think we all have those special moments in those times and seasons where we go from the young man of our faith to the man of our faith. Totally. And you're probably going to laugh in 20 years from now, just like me, and say, I thought I was a man, man. Yeah. At 25, 28, but I still had growing up. Too. Totally. And that might be the case the rest of our life. I don't know. I hope we're still growing, bro. The rest of I think some of the stuff I've walked through, I've realized like, um, I'm never going to have all the answers and I just want to stay growing. So like, I can confidently say at 25, I'm not who I was at 18, but I hope when I'm 45, I say I'm not who I was at 25. Yeah, totally. You know, I don't want to be. Well, that is the best indicator. I love asking myself, am I the same guy I was three months ago? Yeah. I hope no. Right. I hope no. I hope in even that short amount of time, there's something that I've learned yeah. and grown in. Totally. Me too. I hope I, keep, I this thing I've been saying with, with my buddies every day in our group messages, we just keep saying better every day. Better every day. Better every day. Something. Amen. Like I, I, I run very late. Like I typically run really late. Uh huh. So I'm trying to like be more on time. So I got to church 15 minutes earlier today. Early today. Today you were five minutes late. Well, I know. I was five minutes late to our thing. Yeah, yeah. I know. But that's good for me. That's better. So better every day. Better every day. Okay. Not perfect every day. Just better every day. Why are you so late to stuff? I don't know, dude. I just like have. I don't know. I just run. I think I run at one speed. Uh huh. And if that speed, if I get off, if I'm late, I just am still at that speed. 
Okay. I'm working on it, dude. I'm yeah, no, hey, I'm, I'm with it. you. I'll, I, there's grace. I think you're in Southern California, so being on time doesn't really matter as much. Yeah, a little culturally. Bit different vibe. Yeah, there's yeah. other places. I was in Switzerland when I was playing football there, and they're so methodical and like punctual and punctual <laughs> love like it. culturally they're so punctual that you think oh that's just the older people yeah it would be like my teammates i would show up like 12 minutes late to be throwing and work out with them and they're like where were you <laughs> i was like dude I, i'm not, here would not thrive and they're like culture. you were 12 minutes late <laughs> yeah, i was dude. like what and they're Tough. like that's not cool bro and like my uh my family is like so um they're so opposite to me. Uh-huh. Like they, um, they're the five minutes early is on time. Yeah, on time is late. Yes, and I'm. I don't know where you I missed. I don't know what happened. Yeah, I think I revolted. You revolted. But I'm working on it. We're better every day. We either. I feel like you either adopt the things your parents did, or you revolt against them. <laughs> yeah, it's a subconscious sometimes. Right. Though. Yeah. Totally. Okay, so one thing I'm super pumped to talk about, and this is kind of like. Caden tells all. Yeah. No kidding. But you actually have been dating and engaged before. Yeah. And had to break that off. Totally. And you don't really feel like you've ever gotten maybe this is not like Caden tells all and like you vindicate yourself yeah, and your yeah, reputation, yeah, yeah. right? No. But this is really special for you because you get to maybe encourage and spark hope for someone who's in a situation totally where they probably need to get out. Yeah, I think for me, like I, I don't know if a lot of people know this about my story and know like what I walked through, but when you're talking about you're on these man manisodes, right? That's what we yeah. call them, right? Mansodes. Mansodes. Like Did you say manisodes? I said manisodes. From that heaven. would actually be kind of cool. Probably would have been better. You, we can talk branding. <laughs> later <laughs> but like it's one of those things that like i it shaped me bro and it changed completely who i am it turned me into the man that i am today sitting here and it was one of the hardest things i ever walked through but it was the best thing i ever walked through and god met me in such a powerful intimate and um intentional way and completely shifted my life um to a whole 180 and so with if it wasn't for those moments I wouldn't be who I am. And if I didn't walk through um, dating, being engaged, us breaking it off, I wouldn't be who I am right now. Wow. And so obviously a lot more details than that. Totally. Yeah. And you feel comfortable talking about that? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I would love to know. I mean, how how long did you guys date? Yeah. And then what did that decision, you know, look like to go from relationship to engagement, which I'm sure was up to that point, one of the biggest decisions that you had made. Yeah, I think for for us, we dated for three years. Um, all when I was in college, I did, met her when I was like nineteen. So I was young. She was a little bit older than me. I was really young. We started dating, and we ended up at this engagement point out of just like a natural progression of kind of like how the relationship was moving. I was about to graduate college, yes, and felt like, oh, this is what you're supposed to do when you're in a relationship for a long time. This is how it progresses, I guess. You just kind of like get to this point where you're a senior in a Christian Bible college and you propose to your girlfriend. And we had some other things going on. We were doing like social media stuff at the time and it was really like, it was successful. And so I made a very uh, easy mistake. And I think a mistake a lot of us make in thinking that when things are successful around you or look good on paper, it means God's hands on what you're doing. Right. And so I made the mistake of thinking, okay, well, uh, financially we're all right. And, uh, the relationship is like on paper looks pretty good and we look good in photos. And so all this, I don't know, I guess God's, I guess God's on it. You know, I guess this is like God and yeah, we think that God's blessing and approval is certified by the worldly success or what we're seeing in front of us when the reality is, is 
you can be out of the will of God and still experiencing worldly success on the outside. And it doesn't mean that you're following what God has for your life. Right. And how you can always tell that is in this relationship, in those years, I had no peace. I struggled with anxiety. I struggled with, um, with any sort of identity. I was actively walking away from a deep, intimate relationship with Jesus. I was making decisions I shouldn't have been making. And the relationship and the things I was doing were slowly pulling me out of the will of God. But I thought, well, there's success, so that must mean that it's the hand of God. Yeah. And I made that mistake. And so ended up we ended up getting um, engaged because literally somebody reached out and was like, hey, you guys want a wedding ring? And again, I go, it's got to be God. Wait. So they, That's how you decided. Yeah, so this, that, this company reaches out and goes, hey, we'll give you guys an engagement ring if you're thinking about like a yeah and like I'm a like, sponsor it's got to be god wow so we make that decision we we get engaged and cuz up to that point you had just you were thinking about it obviously you've been dating that long yeah i think at that point but you were looking for a sign yeah i think i i, I don't know if i was to be honest with you jj i was 19 20 years old i don't know what i was thinking about i didn't pray about it one time i didn't talk to a mentor in my life one time about it i didn't even like talk to my parents about what they thought i just like someone gave us a ring and i went and proposed so that's really good because I I I would say like whether you're 19 and 20 or like 30 or you're 40, like things happen still today where we're gifted things. We find quote favor. Yeah. It feels really, really good. Totally. On paper. And we're kind of looking for com- like we get a confirmation. We're like, okay, it's gotta be yeah. God. And I think we a lot of times we look for signs in external things. So we're always going like, God, give me a sign. And we're waiting for someone to give us a prophetic word or we're waiting for a ring to show up at the door or waiting for a check to, to magically de- get deposited in our bank account. Like yeah. We're like, God, I need a sign. Right, a miracle. But I think a lot of times we're actually not looking at who lives inside of us. The Holy Spirit dwells inside of us and wants to actually speak to you. And so when you're going, hey, I need a sign, the Holy Spirit's going, I can give you a sign. It's my voice and I can tell you it's my peace. It's my voice. It's my presence. I can give you a sign if you if you would just take a few moments to sit in my presence and listen, or you would pay attention to what's going on. Because in my story, like I told you, physically, things are great. Spiritually, emotionally, and uh, mentally, things are awful for me. And you mean like internally only internally. or even in with the relationship with... Your girlfriend and then fiance. Yeah, it wasn't like there was definitely not very healthy things happening between us. As like well. emotionally and spiritually. emotionally, just like not very like emotionally healthy in either end. But I wasn't paying attention to like what the Lord was speaking to me. Yeah, and there's a reason I didn't have any peace. What was, so? Would you say what were you paying attention to? Like just the kind of maybe success. Yeah, it was just the and I of, felt it was it was the success of stuff that was going on that I felt like oh I, I guess this is what God's hand is on and making that a mistake and then. um also, kind of just being like, I've, we've been in it this long. I feel like, I guess, you just stick it out. Oh, okay. So because of how long you had been together, you just kind of felt like obligated to make it work? Yeah, I don't know. I think you just kind of get locked into like, um, I don't want to say you get stuck, but I think you 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 get stuck. You yeah. Know? Like, I well, think you can get in that place. I think that people might who are listening might be in the same place of like, well, we've been in this relationship for so long. We have friendships together. We have, I love their family. We have all this stuff that could potentially, I could lose if we, if we break up, but I'm not happy. It's not healthy. Um, but there's so much like collateral that could happen if we break up that you end up getting stuck. So like the fear of the pain of the collateral, totally the awkwardness, the changes is probably what keeps you in more than 
the piece of yeah. actually wanting to make it work. Yeah, or just knowing that God's on it. You know? Well, because like we listen, we're not even that old, but we've seen already, you know, from a young age, relationship after relationship after relationship where it is not a good relationship. No. Yeah. Like we're not even shrinks, right? And you're like looking from the outside in. Going, <laughs> and we're like, I don't know about that one. listen, this is trouble. Yeah. This is not good. Yeah. And then there's some really, really obvious cases. We all have that homeboy who is in a relationship <laughs> and, and they going, should not be in a relationship. And I say that out of like just nothing but love yeah. for both of them. Like, I don't want to just, I, I really don't like the, she's a crazy, you know what, get out of there, bro. Like, I'm like, I feel, I feel compassion for her. Yeah. I'm sure there's a reason why she's acting that way. Totally. I can't imagine what it, it begins to look like yeah. and how that started. And I feel compassion for you. Totally. But you guys being in this relationship is killing both of you guys. Yeah. And do you feel like having experienced that, that stuckness, yeah. you have like a new compassion or a message for those people who might be in those relationships? Yeah, I think like, I think I have both. I think I, I totally understand where people are at and I understand like what they're going through and what they're feeling. And then my encouragement would just be, uh, you have to figure out, first of all, for your own life, you have to figure out what God is calling you towards. You have to create a deep, intimate relationship with the Lord and be able to hear from the Lord and then trust that when you hear from the Lord that He's gonna, you're going to trust His will for your life. So if you believe that, then you're willing, if you're in a bad relationship or you're stuck or you're afraid of what would happen, you're willing to say, okay, God, but I know I'm not so, so supposed to be in this relationship uh -huh. and I trust you. And so no matter what the pain is of breaking up or the collateral of what could come from it or what I could potentially lose in my mind or even physically what I could lose, I trust that your plan for me is better. Mm. I trust that you have better for my life. I trust that what I'm feeling in this relationship is not my, your best for my life. I trust that, that you are a good father who protects his children and wants better things for his kids. Um, my encouragement is just it, you need to trust the Lord that if you exited a relationship that's unhealthy in any way. And it, that could be from, from abusive to you just ain't meant for each other. Right. It could be the, the full gamut of that relationship. You need to trust that God has something better for your life. Is that what you told yourself when you guys broke off your engagement or? Yeah. I think for me, like I just had, a, I had to cling to some truths. Like I really had to cling to like who God is. I had some encounters with the Lord right after we had broken up. Wait, so you were engaged for how long? Dude, I have such a bad memory. I don't know. I think a little over a year. Okay, so yeah. a long time. Yeah. It was not like one month into engagement, oh, this is not going to work. Yeah, no, we were engaged because we, like all throughout COVID, you know, like the world kind of slows down. Yeah. because No one's really making decisions. You engaged in COVID or right before it? Right before COVID. Oh, okay. Yeah. So then COVID hit. COVID hit. You guys had a venue. Had a venue. COVID canceled our wedding. Praise God. Okay. And then... Because... It was a gonna be like a quick engagement, like three no, months, six months, it was like and a then year. it was like a year. Okay, yeah. but you had the venue, and if COVID didn't hit, yeah, you do you think you would have gotten married? I think that the Lord would have intervened, hundred percent. You think so? I don't think we would have made it there. Yeah, I think either I would have made a decision, or she would have made a decision, um, or God would have just done something very clear. Because you think like collision was inevitable. It was never gonna work. Yeah, and if we ended up getting married, we would have stayed married for a month. Really? It just wasn't going to work. God's hand was like, not, was not going to allow it. At what point did you feel like, as you look back, you kind of knew and felt that this is not going to work? 
Yeah, I think if I'm honest with myself, like a year and a half into dating her, but um, oh, okay. I think like, and this is not to bat. I don't. I'm not bashing her at all. I think she's a great girl. I think yeah. God's got a plan for her life, and it wasn't with me. And that's okay. Praise God. It, it was best that way. It was best that way, dude. And I hope she's thriving wherever she is and doing whatever. But I truthfully, like, I think if I would have paid more attention, if I wasn't as young, I was so young, dude. If I wasn't so young, I think if I had better counsel in my life at that time and, okay. and felt like I could open up to some people, I think we probably would have gotten out of the relationship a little bit earlier. Were you riding solo? Like you didn't have guys who are 10, 20 years older than you at that time speaking I didn't. At that time, to I your did life not. no at that time I didn't. at that that time it was very much so like me just making decisions on my own like an 18 19 yeah. year old kid were you like at the top of the fountain in your life like you didn't really have anybody well I've always had a good relationship with my dad and I've yeah. always like my dad has always been like a person that's spoken into my life and still does to this day and is a very wise man and um did he kind of sense you know yeah yeah, a little bit, I think. Um, but it came, dude. When you're a man, when you're a man, it comes down to your own decisions. Like, yeah, I, you, nobody, and and anybody listening, you can't look back on your life and go like, "How come nobody told me?" You need to make a decision for your life. Wow. And you have to be okay with whatever decision you did make in the past. Would you call that ownership or it's accountability? Is it called being a man? It's called yeah. integrity. And you made decisions. You chose to be in something. You're not a, as much as a victim as you think you are. And I, every day, made a decision to be in that relationship. And I made those decisions. I, at any point, nobody handcuffed me to anything. At any point, I could have made a decision. Is there anything a friend could have said at any point? I don't know. That bro. would have changed your mind. Truthfully, I don't like enjoy the what ifs, the is there, right. could they have. Well, I'm just thinking like if I have a friend yeah. in your situation, yeah. like I think there's people listening who might be in this situation. Totally. And I think there's probably even more people who are like, I know a friend yeah. in this situation. You know, How do I help them? I think what's interesting is um, my friendships at that time, I have got a, I'm so blessed right now with friendships. The Lord has blessed me so tremendously with like amazing men of God in my life. And at that time I had a handful of friends, um, that were in my life, but also were young. And so I think they didn't really necessarily like speak up Yes, because they were also young, yes. you know? And so I think now if you're listening to this podcast and maybe you're young or you're older and you're seeing somebody that, um, is in a stuck in a relationship like that and you're going, Hey, listen, it's not because this person's a terrible human or whatever. Right. You're just, I can tell you in this relationship is you're losing what God has called you to be every single day. Pieces of it are dying. If you can see that in your friend, yes, I think the best thing you can do as a friend is draw very near, like draw very closely to that friend. As much as that friend may even try to like push you away because it's easy to isolate when you're in a relationship and a not healthy relationship. I would say as a friend, draw super near. And not and a like a genuine nearness, a genuine, not like an agenda driven. I'm gonna get as close to him so that a genuine nearness to say I will get as near as I possibly can to love this guy or girl as much as I need to love them. To hopefully I'll be able to get at some point be able to have a deep conversation where they can trust that I have their best interest at heart. But if that never happens, I will draw so near that even when they one day are in the middle of this relationship they shouldn't have been in and they're married and they're stuck, they have a friend. Wow. Like I think that is the best way to go about that thing with relationships because 
typically friends go to friends in relationships and they come with great heart, great intention to somebody that is in love with somebody Yes, and says, you got to get out of this thing. She or he's the worst, blah, blah, blah. And what it does 99.9% of the time, it does not bring the person to their senses. It turns them away from their friends. So what you need to do as a friend, it isolates them even more. So what you need to do is draw near to a friend and just be like, dude, let's golf. Let's get coffee. Let's go to breakfast. And as much as they go, no, can't, no, can't, you just draw near. I'll see you at church. Let's sit next to each other at church. I'll see you here. I'll see you there. And you just draw near until one day the Lord allows you to have a conversation or allows you to be the person that that person knows they can fall back on. And and, um, you're able to kind of be Jesus for them um, in that moment. Well, it, it does make me think that that is the difference between a friend and like a mentor or someone who's discipling you. I think the mentor or the or someone's discipling has the authority to speak. Hey, I love you. Yeah. I do not bless. Totally. This. Totally. Totally. And I do not stand with it. Yeah. And you need that. Yeah. But if you don't have that and all you have is just friends, I think that's where friends maybe have that kind of unique role and be just being there. Yeah. Just being there, being there, be there. being there, being there. Be there. And don't and get frustrated then, and don't leave yeah. and don't abandon so them. So like it's like a long you're here for the long term. You're here to run with them because you were their friend before they started dating this yeah. person and you need to be their friend well at right. way after. And hoping and praying that God gives you and I really think there is a reliance on Holy Spirit. Hey, yeah. would you give me the green light? Absolutely. Bro. Like I cause me on my own going into this situation trying to speak truth and guiding him is not going to work. I mean, dude, I literally had a conversation four days ago with a friend that I had been praying about having to have for six months. Yes. And I said, Lord, if you want me to have this conversation with this friend who is one of my dearest friends on the planet, like on the planet, I'm like, if you need, if you want me to have this conversation, you have to open the door and then give me the wisdom to do it. And it took six or seven months. And then the other day, the Lord completely opened the door. Wow. And we were able to have a really amazing conversation about something that we needed to have a conversation about six months ago. But the Lord now opened would, the door. And you would say that was not like, a, am actually just avoiding this and then slapping like a holy... No, I said, God, you need to open the door for this because I do not know how you go about this conversation. Yeah. Zero clue. I don't know how you even bring this up. I don't even know how you like start it. So I was like, Lord, you, if you want me to have this conversation, I need you to open the door. And then when the door gets opened, I need you to just take over my mouth. Wow. And then, and the door just like literally four days ago, I was like right open. We walked through a healthy, amazing conversation. Walk me through as far as doors opening, doors closing. You know, you are at the year mark of engagement. Things are are broken off. What a great transition. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) That was incredible. (laughs) I don't know if you need to cut that out or that was fantastic. Whoa, you're good at this. I appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Talk about doors opening and closing. So you're at the, it's good. Let's talk about one that closed. Yeah. I mean, and it didn't close it. Slam shot. Slam shot. Yeah. Like you just got a call or, hey, let's talk. Yeah. um, My exit. One point, Larry just goes, "Hey, I think we should we should break up," and I was like, "Okay," and we broke up, dude. That's it. Yeah, we broke up. We had some conversations, like we went about a week without seeing each other, and then had another conversation, and we was like, "Yeah, this is probably gonna be the best thing." It was hard, obviously, but what did it feel like? Like my heart got ripped out of my chest and thrown down a hallway, <laughs> and stomped like. by Bronx, stomped and by Bronx, and up. just ripped ripped apart. And, but, no, but dude, seriously, like the, that's that feeling of yeah. It was, like you can talk about it now, obviously, but totally. it was true. Like 
most heartbreaking yeah ruthless to, moment to you me gone too through. it was it was a very like um i don't know if you have had this moment or in your life i um, i can almost guarantee you someone listening has where everything you had built your life on crumbles the found the rocky mm. sandy foundation crumbles it was that moment for me and it was like a mix of heartbreak but also like of insane just like what just happened in my life everything just pff, rock bottom nothing pff, everything gone and the Lord dude, literally a couple of days after that happened, met me in the most supernatural way, bro. And literally in a moment asked me essentially like, walk away from everything. Give me your life. Give me your life back. And when that happened, bro, he encountered me and uh, things I had was struggling with, anxiety, lack of identity, um, you, you name it, gone. And I caught new vision from my life. I saw, I was reminded of who I was. I was reminded of what I should have been doing this whole time. I saw the, I saw a vision of the future. I got like my heart, I felt, physically felt my heart start to just like heal. And it, be, it was a process for a couple of months of like fully being healed. But I knew because how the Lord encountered me. Scripture says that God is near to the brokenhearted. Mm. And, and the he was so near, dude. It was like this with him and I for the next two years. It was like this just with me, downloads, talking, teaching, cutting things out of me that I needed to get cut out of me, teaching me things I needed to be taught, um, healing parts of me that needed to be healed, removing sin in my life that needed to be removed, like just working on me. It was a surgeon in the operating room moment in my life. And it transformed me completely. Um, but it took, it honestly took a full surrender of me being like, my life is at rock bottom right now like my i i like genuinely jj i don't want to go into too many details but i literally had nothing left and i took that to the lord and i said i literally was like lord i have nothing but you can have all of me i tried it myself i tried to do it on my own i had everything this world tells you you could have and i was still miserable have me and in that moment the holy spirit met me bro and it was changed my life forever so w would you say in hindsight uh, a smash, broken, shattered heart was the best thing to ever happen to you. Oh, absolutely. Like Paul says, we consider it pure joy when we go through trials and suffering of many kind for we look more like Jesus. And I think I got to experience the closeness of Jesus because my life got to suffer like Jesus for a little bit. And I tell people all the time that ask me about this story, they're like, man, what was that like? And I was like, man, hardest, hardest two years of my life. Two years. Because right, for, not two months. Well, for two months, I was healing from heartbreak. And then after that, I was okay. And then for the next year and 10 months, the Lord was like, I'm going to work on everything else in you. Wow. So, so I, it was, like, so it was like, he handled the heartbreak. And then he goes, now I'm going to cut. Now I'm going to remove. Now I'm going to work. Now I'm going to teach. Now I'm going to, for two years, you're going to, hey, you're going to come really close to me. You got to get really close to me and I'm going to, you're not going to get anything out of me except for everything that needs to happen in you so I can do things through you. And that was the the next process for me for a while. So it was, I tell people all the time, it was a moment for me that I go, hardest thing I ever went through. But if the Lord said, we're going through it again, I would say, saddle me up, saddle me up. Because if I have to go through another heartbreak or another crushing to get the oil that was produced out of the crushing, to get the new wine, Sign me up. I'll do it again. Yeah, it's um, it just reminds me of 
I heard a great story about someone describing their their sickness didn't go away, wasn't healed. Yeah. But they say, you know, in terms of eternity, I will always look back and thank God. Oh, dude. Because of how much closer it ever drove me towards him. Bro, the when you are able to think, stop thinking physically for a moment and you're able to realize that God has designed us for eternity. Yeah. And you're able to think eternal. You can go, God, you can crush my body. You can you can you can make me sick. You can do whatever to me. But if it benefits my soul and it allows me to know you and then spend eternity with you, do whatever scripture says. Don't fear the one who can harm your body. Fear the one who can send your soul to hell. Yeah. And that's not a that's it, to me it's like a some people might read that that scripture and be like, oh my God, that's that's aggressive. No, God is saying, listen, I care so much about you eternally. I care about what actually matters. That I care about you eternally more than I care about you physically. I'm going to give you a new body one day. So if I have to, you got to go through heartbreak or pain or whatever it may be, I and I'll use it to benefit your soul so that you know me and you will spend eternity with me because I care more about your soul than I do your body. And that revelation like allows you to walk through things and be like, God, I know you're with me and you're in this and you're turning it for my good. And even if my good is only when I get to heaven. Yeah. A, 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 man, a, man, a, man, which is, I mean, I love your song turning it. Yeah. Right. But we always like, we, we will have a friend go through a breakup. I, I heard a good quote the other day and it was so interesting to me because, uh, they said, if you're going into a date, if you're going into a relationship, just tell yourself, if it's not this, it's something better. Yeah. If it's not this, it's something better. Totally. Right? Saying it's this or something better. But what's funny about that is the way they translated and meant it is, if it's not this relationship, then it's going to be a better relationship. Yeah. Right? If you if you don't get this promotion, guess what? There's going to be a better job ahead. Yeah. I'm like, wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> that's not it. Mm-hmm. That's not what God promises. He doesn't he doesn't promise you a better relationship yeah. after this failed one. Yeah. He really he doesn't promise you a better job after there's no promise that he's going to financially or relationally bless you in the way that you think is better next. Totally. Right? When he says the good thing works out all things for those who believe in him, the good thing he is talking to is Within eternity, yeah, yeah, the good of being and, with him. Like I would agree with you, hundred percent. And I would also say, and not but, but and, I, he, I think he does want to prosper your life, but it may not look the way you think it does. Right. So, like, uh, scripture says he wants to do exceedingly and abundantly more. Romans eight twenty eight says he'll turn all things for good for those who love him according to his kingdom. So when you are submitted to God and you say, "I missed the promotion." And, and someone goes, well, maybe God has a, something better for you. Maybe he has a better promotion. God does have something better for your life. It might be a different job. Yes. It might be you're about to get fired <laughs> because you're going to start a new job it, or, or start a new company. It's, it, it's, it's not the, because I do believe uh, like very strongly that God is an unconditional God. Uh-huh. He's also a transactional God. Yes. So what you give him, he takes, and then he returns something to you. So when you give him pain, he takes it and he returns healing. When you give him bondage, he takes it and he returns freedom. And the same thing with, with the things that you submit to him. Like when I submit this promotion to him, he takes the promotion and then he goes, I'm going to give you something back, but it doesn't mean it's a better promotion. <laughs> yes. So I think I would agree with you hundred percent. I think he's a good father, gives good gifts, wants to prosper your life. 
but God is always going to think eternally before yeah. he thinks earthly. Now, you, I love the way that you talk about how that moment shaped you, defined you. And probably the biggest thing, I just, I just, I hear like a sobriety and awakening to hearing God's voice in your life. Yeah, totally. One of my favorite things that you told me before we did this episode was you heard something very clearly about the way that you were supposed to talk about your ex-fiance. Yeah. What was that? Yeah, I mean, after we broke up, obviously, like, you go through, like, a breakup like that, and um, people all have opinions. Yeah. And um, your closest people will have negative opinions about your ex. And, um, you know, and that's not because they maybe they even believe them. It's because they want to protect you or feel like they need to be on your team and on your side. And the Lord one day made it really clear to me, you will never speak a negative word about her, ever. And anytime someone does, you will pray for her. So I prayed for her for the last three years. Every single time her name has been brought up, I've prayed for her. And anytime it was placed on my heart, I prayed for her. And those prayers, they start, you know, like the first time the Lord told me that, I was like, that is the dumbest thing. The last thing I want to do is pray <laughs> for this girl. Um, and the prayers start off like, all right, Lord, you know, hope she's good, Jesus, thanks. <laughs> but dude, you go three years, you know what you can't do? You cannot hate someone you pray for. You cannot hold pain for someone you pray for. You cannot um, wish negative things on someone you pray for. And you can't live in unforgiveness for someone you pray for. Yeah. So actually, I think the Lord for the last three years of my life, he was actually saying, I don't know how much this is for her, but it's for you. Because every time her name gets brought up, you're going to yeah. start to de declare promises over her life that you can't declare unless you actually believe them. And you can't believe them unless you forgive her. And so, I, dude, I would pray. And the, like I told you, the prayers, they started off very flippid. And bro, they ended like, God, I pray for her family. I pray for her future. I pray for her yeah. children. I pray for her future husband. I pray you prosper, draw close to her. I pray today she'd experience your love. Like you start to pray for someone that the world would consider your enemy in a way that you don't can't even fathom. And what that does in the inside of you is you can't harbor anything against that person. You actually can only believe the best for them. And um, so I did that for a while. Truthfully, I was released. Um, the Lord released me from that a couple of months ago, which was really, really cool moment as well. But so it took years, though, of that to where three years, three, bro, to where you feel like you could finally say it's it is behind me. Yeah. Well, I mean, way before that, I could say I was I was behind me. Yeah. But I hadn't felt released to stop praying for her. And one day somebody okay. said something and I started praying for her and I heard the Holy Spirit say, OK, you're done. And I was like, cool, <laughs> bet. Well, you know, what's crazy is as you talk about that, I'm like, you know, she really went from your ex, your enemy. She's not my ex. She's God's daughter. Absolutely, bro. And like you, when that stuff happens, you really start to believe promises for that person's life, man. Like, like genuine. Like I genuinely, bro, like genuinely have zero, like, negative emotion towards her there's zero pain about what happened i can sit here and talk about it all day yeah because i the fact that the lord has healed every part of that and has allowed me to genuinely believe the best things for their life yeah. and that i think that that's a principle that can be across the board like in any relationship like dating or friendship mm. friends can hurt you the people closest to you can always hurt you the most yes and so if you can adopt this principle and say like i will pray and believe the best for the people that hurt me the most something happens on the inside of you, bro. And 
and not only is it going to happen on the inside, but hopefully they begin to walk in some of the prayers that you're praying over their life and um, healing happens on their end too. But really, dude, uh, you've heard the quote, like forgiveness is not so much for them as much as it is for you. Yeah. And forgiveness is not a choice. It's a journey. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Amen, man. Well, I'm really proud of you. Thank you, bro. Okay. You ready? Here's yeah, a question. Yeah. I asked every guy this. Yeah. Would you rather okay. fight an ostrich to the death? Okay. <laughs> or would you rather fight a shark to the death? But the worst thing that can happen with a shark, if you lose, is you can only lose a limb okay. of your choice. Okay. I'm fighting the ostrich. <laughs> you didn't even think about dude, it. Sharks are my biggest fear. Okay. Like, I don't even go in, dude, I don't go in the ocean, bro. Like at all. Like I grew, up in, I grew up in Southern California and I don't go in the ocean. <laughs> because of sharks. Because of sharks. I don't like them. It's my biggest fear. Is it Jaws? It was Jaws, and then it was... Um, Finding Nemo. No, it was Shark... Yeah, imagine. I'm also afraid of boats. So it was, it was, dude, it was Shark Week. So it, it was this, like, it went from this, like, scare... It went from this, like, I'm scared to I'm obsessed to I'm terrified. And now I'm scared, just like... Scared, obsessed. Oh, so you went through obsession and then yeah, ended and it up just in ended up in fear. Terif- yeah, fear. Wow, I feel like so that's, like, the holiness of God. We're believing for healing, you know? And yeah. One day I can go in the ocean... Wow. <laughs> so I'm going ostrich, bro, all day, and I'm winning that. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Dude, you know what I mean? That. By the time we're done, I'm like riding it. <laughs> no, no. It's fight to the death. <laughs> okay, I think done. We're putting on we're doing Thanksgiving dinner with an ostrich. You're like you're walking around instead of like a bear jacket, you just know, or ostrich, like kind of a tiger. Ostrich feather, cape. <laughs> just wearing a shirt. Is he wearing an ostrich? Yeah, is that ostrich? Yeah, like ostrich skin boots. The neck is just like slung around just your neck. Ostrich jacket. <laughs> wearing its beak there? on my hat. <laughs> Ostriches are they're very big. They are and big. very powerful. I still got dude. Look at me though. Come on. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> are you worried? Are you gonna go for a snack or I don't know what the tactic is. I think the tactic is you gotta take out a leg. They look skinny enough to be able to like get one and get one out. I think we need to like go to the there's an ostrich farm one of my guests is telling me about. Like locally? At Solvang in Southern California. Solvang's in Northern California, I think, dude. I think it's the middle. <laughs> <laughs> Let's cut it and call it central. <laughs> hey, okay. Um, to end. Okay. Top three dating tips. Okay. Um, okay. I'd say number one, as a man, be a man. What does that um, mean? So that means like be bold, um, be integrous, uh, and, that, be a, and be a gentleman. Is that a word? Integrous is a word, yeah. Because we had this come up when we did questions with Caden. Yeah, you questioned me on that one too. I, I, I don't think it's if, a word. If in your first language, you don't get to question me. <laughs> <laughs> so this integrous is a word. Okay. okay. So you, you got to be a man, be integrous, be bold, uh, and be a gentleman. Open her door, care about her, uh, host her well, serve her that day. Um, second tip, uh, my dad gave me this tip actually just the other day. And he said, uh, when you're dating and you're in like the dating stages of like, you guys are together, uh-huh. uh, be content, but don't be complacent. She still needs to be treated like a princess. She still needs to be cared for. She, you still need to go the extra mile. You need to still go pick be up content, flowers. Be content, but don't be complacent. You yeah. need to still go pick up flowers. You still need to ask her how her day is going. That's you great. Need to I care need about that. her emotions. You I need, need to that. care about yeah. You can be content in your relationship, but don't never become complacent. I thought that was great. Um, and then the third tip is actually one that you and Kate taught me. Leave her better than you found her. Wow. And I've been thinking about that, bro, since we had I had you on the pod. And you I listened. Have, oh, yeah. Dude, I'm like, I've been mulling on it and I've been chewing on it. And I even got to the point where I was like, you should live by the standard. Leave her better than you found her no matter what happens. Even if you marry her and you guys 
get old and gray because one day you will one of you will leave each other if you yeah. marry and go into and you get married one day somebody will pass away and go into eternity somebody will leave each other and hopefully even then you treated her so well you guys grew together you led her towards the lord as a man it's your job to lead her you led her to the lord so much that when that day came whenever that was whether it was because you guys broke up when you were 20 or because you guys one of you passed away when you're 90 you left her better than you found yeah her. And I, dude, I've loved that. Well, it's anything that stands the test of time, which is, you know, a, a relationship advice that stands in dating, relationship, engagement, marriage must be a pretty good piece of advice. Totally. Right. Bro. If and you can apply it in every stage. Leaving them better than you found them. Right. And consistently serving them better than you've ever served them. Mm -hmm. Right. Complacency totally. versus consistency. I'm like, those never change. Never yeah amen well bro thank you so much this was so much fun thanks bro thank you for, to be for, here. for for being vulnerable and, and sharing your story that was really really special absolutely bro and yeah. just for anybody right now that's going through heartbreak that's listening or walking through walking through a tough season uh if you ask the lord to draw near to you he will because he's waiting for you to ask him and he can be very very close to you and he has healing for you and a very very promising hopeful future for you as well so amen thank you bro love you dude love you too